today we watched Spider-Man Unlimited, number 13, Destiny Unleashed. And we are the Funky Bunch! to Amazingly Terrible, a podcast about podcasting for podcasters that like to listen to podcasts. I'm Adam. I'm David. I continue to be Matt. <laughs> and I'm Derek. All right. What episode did we watch this week? Spider-Man. It's one of the many Spider-Men. Spider-Man. The many, the many Spiders-Man. <laughs> <laughs> So this this was Ultimate, I'm sorry, Unlimited. Spider-Man Unlimited, uh, before we get too far into it. Um, Derek. Sir. Uh, did you fulfill your homework since the last Spider-Man? Uh, which was it again? Uh, to watch the new Spider-Man movies. No, I have not. Oh, Damn it. Sorry, Derek. <laughs> I can get the Spider-Man Miles Morales video game and play that. What? I, I have not fulfilled that homework either. Flex. Did you watch? Uh, did you watch Into the Spider Verse? I did. I did. <laughs> Anybody else? Yes, it's great. Which yeah. Spider Mans are we talking here? John John Mulaney, the one the with pig, uh, pig Spider Man, Spider one, Pig, the one with Timothy Holland, Ho- yes. Hollandy Thomasand. I've seen the first one of those. It's what you did. Yeah, the one the one with the vulture. Because last time we we did the. Uh, was the last Spider-Man the episode. One? Yeah, last Spider-Man episode we did. You, you had uh, Kevin Costner. Oh, no, I have not, not seen Kevin that. Kevin Costner. Michael Keaton. Oh, shit, you're right. Michael Keaton. Sometimes I get them mixed up. All right, so I need to watch the Tom Holland ones then. Yeah, I've, so you, so you had seen him seen him in all the Tom X-Men Holland. ones. Yes. No, no, what? you didn't. In all the X-Men ones? You mean what the Avengers. Avengers, yeah, sorry. <laughs> well, you motherfuckers don't know shit about shit tonight. God. I don't. God, stop. All right. So yes, okay. Tom Holland in the first Spider-Man, where he's dealing with Michael Keaton in his new role as Birdman. Mm-hmm. It's a fine film. Watch it. We'll catch up next Spider-Man cartoon, which will be I in two weeks. I enjoyed so, right. uh, Mary Jane Watson in that movie. Yes, I thought so, I, I enjoyed the casting of everybody in that movie. Thought they were all good. Um, Let me ask this. Yes. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse and Spider-Man Far From Home is the Miles Morales timeline, right? No. Spider-Man Spider-Verse is the Miles Morales. That's it. Spider-Man Far From Home is with um, Thomas Lee Holland. Hollandaise. Okay. Yeah. Mr. Hollandaise. Mr. Hollandaise. Mr. Hollandaise is Opus. Mm-hmm. He's a, he's a pint of Hollandaise. Why not a quart? Because he's not that tall. Oh, burn. Okay, so then Spider-Man That's Homecoming rough. is the first Tom Holland one, then. It goes Spider-Man Homecoming, Avengers Infinity War, Avengers Endgame, okay. and then uh, <laughs> Spider-Man Far From Home. Those what about are... the Amazing Spider-Man? The Amazing Spider-Man was with, uh, with Garfield. Andrew Garfield. Yeah. Andrew Garfield. Yeah, so Don't I saw that. those two. And the first one was okay. The second one... I have not seen. I can't find it anywhere on any streaming service. I have to buy it, and my wife keeps telling me that if I ever do buy it, she's going to kill me because yeah. I only want to watch it because I know it's so bad, and I want to see. I've how heard bad it's real it bad. I've never, I never saw it. I, and from what I understand, at some point in time, um, 
Jamie Foxx starts rapping about how mm. he hates Spider-Man. <laughs> yes, he does. That's right. He was uh, the electric Electro. dude. He was electric. Yes. Yeah. That movie was fucking awful. And then, like, Paul Giamatti <laughs> played uh, Rhino. Uh, yes. Yeah. That is some miscasting right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah the buddy. whole movie. Yeah. <laughs> well, I love Paul Giamatti in pretty much everything. So does Spider Man? Spider Man actually, yes, I like Jamie Fox. Yeah, it's it's like two great tastes that are horrible together. <laughs> I mean, in a better movie, they might be great together. They, but... they might be. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure they actually could be. So let me ask this real quick. I will I will put this on. Maybe we'll watch it on Sunday. Doing the baby room. Does this re restart the entire timeline again for like the umpty gajillionth time with Spider Man? Am I going to watch Spider Man oh, no, yeah. as a senior in high school? Yeah, like go through the whole. No, you know, they don't. Do, they don't read. They don't really redo the origin story. So you're fine. They don't show like the origin. He he just has his because okay. they they basically pick up from Captain America Civil War because okay. he, he made the cameo in that movie, mm-hmm. and he basically they completely redid him for the MCU, but they didn't go into like. Uncle Ben dying and telling him with great power comes great responsibility and we don't see the spider bottom. It's nothing like that. It's just him. Okay. Him with his powers as a high school kid. I think he's actually like a junior or something like that. I feel like, I feel like Batman and Spider-Man are now they're they're They are successfully past origin for movies. You don't have to show the origin of either of them. Yeah. But, but in Batman, they keep doing it. Yeah. Batman, they keep doing it over and over and over and over again. Yeah, because his origin's actually good. <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, maybe. I mean, they're. I we'll see what winds up happening with uh, with the sparkly vampire dude, but I imagine they're pro- probably still going to cram in the origin story there too. Uh, maybe he's supposed to be like a younger, a young young man Batman. A young just a, a young Batman. Yeah. yeah, that could be. I mean, that could be cool to see. Yeah. We've seen old Batman a lot. Old man Batman. Let's see some young, sexy Batman. Yeah, watch him just fuck up a bunch. He's wearing, like, hot pants and, like, a crop top running around fighting crime. Yeah, <laughs> he started out with just wearing underwear, and he's uh-huh. like, this doesn't work. I gotta get a bat suit. <laughs> Unlike uh, Kilmer's bat suit that had nipples, uh, I think his um, is... Excuse me, that was Clooney's? That had oh, was it Clooney's? Yes. Clooney's because... had the nipples. Yeah. Uh, he's gonna have cum gutters in his bat suit. <laughs> so, oh my god, the production of Spider-Man Unlimited. Yeah, let's get into it. Oh, really? Uh, it was tortured. Oh, it was crazy. After Spider-Man the Animated Series, Fox Kids needed another season of Spider-Man to fulfill contractual obligations to keep syndicating the animated series. Oh, that's... Wow. It, it, this is the beginning. I'm I'm sitting here like jaw agape because I had no idea. Oh yeah, this this is like released the next year after the anime series finished. So Fox signed a contract with Marvel. essentially mm-hmm. a, a, with Marvel, or yeah, and then went and got another contract. And instead of being like, "Hey guys, we need to put this series on for four years," they're just like, "Yeah, we need three, and we'll figure out what the fourth season is going to be." Yeah, something like that. Yeah, damn. Well, the 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 animated series. Not to go too far into spoilers, but that was the one where they. They ended with um, Spider-Man meeting Stan Lee, right? Uh, yes, that okay. uh, is how I remember it. Okay. So it seemed like they they sort of like wrapped it up. It seemed like they could have gone longer and further with that series. Why did they end that? 
deeper and with more girth. That I have not looked into. Okay, okay. I'm willing to bet uh, that they wanted to give money to somebody else. You think that it was like a, they were unhappy with the production values or something like that? And that's why they cut it short? I mean, it was a very successful show of its time. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's the show that I thought this was Mm -hmm. when I turned it on. Well, it turns out this is a direct sequel. Is it? Okay. So they kept the plot line leading up to this series. For the most part. Okay. Okay. But it is supposed to be the Peter Parker from the animated series that gets on a a spaceship with John Jameson, the astronaut, and Carnage and Venom. Mm -hmm. And they fly around the sun to an Earth that is on the opposite side of the sun so that neither planet can see each other. Counter-Earth. Counter-Earth. Counter-Earth is an ancient idea. It was first postulated by um, a Greek philosopher when he was trying to to describe a heliocentric view of the universe. Hmm. I believe he was uh, pre-Socrates. I can't remember his name. And then the next year after Spider-Man Unlimited came out, the Lex series used this idea of a counter-planet. I mean, it's been... It's been kicking around the um, <laughs> pop culture and uh, science fiction fringe for, well, since the Greeks. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, they didn't. So how did they know there was Counter Earth? Uh, my, my dear oh, oh. Derek. <laughs> yeah. So Venom and Carnage have symbiotes, and there's the symbiotic on Counter Earth, which is sending out uh, some sort of uh, mental signal that's uh, summoning. Venom and Carnage. And the symbiotic is like a hive mind, I think. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a hive mind of symbiotes, isn't it? I thought it was supposed to be like a giant symbiote. It, it's a hive mind. It's just a hive mind. Okay. Yeah. But let's get back to the messed up production. Okay. Because what they originally wanted to do was just do the original Spider-Man comic book series like a faithful adaptation. But... Sony had just made a deal for its own series and and a movie that granted exclusive use of the original costume and many of the supporting characters. Mm, Okay, okay. This is starting to make a lot more sense now. (laughs) Is it? (laughs) Uh, Yeah. It it is, it is. I mean, there's a reason why they decided to go with the uh, 2099 costume. and Yeah. They wanted to do 2099, but Batman Beyond had just come out, and it, it would seem too similar to that. Yeah, they didn't want to be, come out. They didn't want to make it seem like they were copying Warner Brothers. Right. Yeah. And so they went out so, to mine the canon. So during production of this series, uh, Marvel continued to dictate what the writers could do and demanded that certain characters be shoehorned into the show. While also excluding other certain characters. Yes. In order to, to maintain their deal with Sony. Yeah. Right. Right. Okay. Which makes a lot more sense. And during this time frame, was this when Fox got the rights for uh, Fantastic Four and... Didn't the original Fantastic Four come out before this? The original one, yeah. There's yeah. an old one. Like a 70s one, I think. Roger Corbett so the 70s one. Then there was a 90s one, which I think was a made for Oh, you TV. mean the movies one? No, the, the 1994 one was, was not made for TV. It was just made and then shelved immediately because they just had to make something in order to retain the rights. Right. <laughs> so yeah. a lot of that's going on here, too. 
but which is <laughs> like which that. is pretty it was funny. Just made. But, no, no. What's really funny is the actors were no-name actors that thought that they hit it big with the Fantastic Four movie. So they started to pay their own money to go to different cons to promote the new Fantastic Four movie. And Fox oh sent them a cease and desist because they had no intention of releasing the movie. And they didn't want anybody to know about it. Oh, boy. <laughs> cool. That's amazing. Uh-huh. Business is cool. I think I think it's out. I think it's on the internet now. I think you can actually find that that 1994 uh, Fantastic Four, and it is. It, it looks abysmal. It looks horrendous. David, what happened I, next in the tortured production of Spider Spider Man Unlimited? Well, in the end, Spider Man Unlimited was crushed in the ratings by Pokemon. <laughs> A Pokemon or Digimon? Because I know Pokemon. Digimon came out around the same time frame. Okay. Both of them. The show was canceled after airing four episodes. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But, but Marvel demanded that they air the full run of the show. What? Oh, boy. Cool. So, okay. As, like, punishment? So, yes. In the, no, for, like, contractual reasons. Nice. So what are they, like, aired at midnight before going off the air? Or something. Yeah, yeah, they keep on rotating around the sh- the showtime. So even if you like Spider Man Unlimited, you would have no idea how to find it. <laughs> and I think they... and this is back in the day with printed TV guides too. So yeah. you're just yeah. scouring the 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 grid, the spreadsheet, looking for Spider Man Unlimited. So uh, is, and I think they re-aired the some of it in 2001, and then again oh. later, right? Yeah, like I said. Marvel demanded that they air all of the episodes and then keep airing them. <laughs> cool. And, and keep airing, like they demanded that they put them in some type of syndication or something, despite the fact that they didn't have the syndication numbers? Well, it, it's part of the orig- the uh, other animated series, essentially. I love oh, that Marvel yeah. has no gotcha. fear, no fear at all of demeaning their brand equity. Like, This was a time that Marvel was going into bankruptcy. Yeah, this was when they uh, were like, going right. under. Yeah, because because they were selling off all the rights to everything. Really? Yeah. What what they were going so, into bankruptcy because the the comic book we we talked about this in Wildcats the comic book yeah, um, industry yeah. was so fucked at that point in time. It had been ruined by speculation. But you know that they were going under because this was when they started selling off the movie rights to everything. This is this is when they sold the Fantastic Four to Fox and they sold the X Men to Fox mm-hmm. and they sold Spider Man to Sony. Yeah, this is the beginning of all, all of our great nightmare, the tragedy of our time. Now, why was it so? Why do I remember at this point in time comics being very wildly popular? Was it just because I was the age that comics? No, they were, were popular. They were wildly wildly popular for a bunch of reasons. There was a bubble um, mm-hmm. that drove up speculation on uh, valuable issues like number ones. So there were yeah. many mm-hmm. many number ones. There was a uh, and a lot of hype around um the industry at that time and the bottom had fallen out of the card the baseball card baseball uh, market card, yeah. and all of those people went on into speculating on comic books and so they drove the price up of all the existing um and traded actually historically valuable comic books so the industry tried to, to um cash on this and and did successfully um by creating a new, a whole bunch of new number ones and collector's item issues and gimmicks with their printing process and 
eventually this destroyed Marvel. Also, a series, a, 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 a long history of terrible decisions and mismanagement and changing hands, and it's never been a very healthy company. Gotcha. But so then, therefore, what I remember as a kid around the mid '90s, with all of a sudden like this explosion in popularity of comic books, was actually one of the reasons that caused Marvel, aside from bad business practice, to kind of auger itself into the ground. That's right, Derek. You killed Marvel Comics. I hope you're happy. Yeah, look what you did. <laughs> remember that time when you bought Spawn number one? When you bought eight issues of Spawn number one? You nope. destroyed Marvel Comics. I wish I had a Spawn number one. That would be cool. Dude, they're worth fucking nothing. Yeah. All, all the comics care. from that time it would, are worth nothing. It would still be cool to have. Sure, go on go yeah. on the internet. You could probably buy one for like a dollar or 15 cents or something. I'll just go buy it in a comic book store. Probably you'll find it. There, <laughs> there are thousands and thousands of unclaimed Spawn number ones. Nice. I just remember Spawn being cool as shit too. Well, you were mistaken in that as well, but let's move on. I was in sixth grade. Come on. John Leguizamo, Martin Sheen. (laughs) And and this this series is very comic book. Oh, God, yeah. Like the art style. (laughs) Mm -hmm. The the art style, the the composition, and the fact that there's like every character under the sun all in one like scene. I feel like it's not like it's very comic book. It's like a producer's idea of what a comic book is. It's Mm -hmm. like a parody of a comic book in in a lot of ways. Yeah. Well, you know, I did think that, like, especially the opening uh, shot looked very the max. Oh, yeah. It's also very 90s. Super 90s. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And you can tell that even from just, like, the color schemes that they're using. Yeah. Like, very, very bright, vivid colors that, like, kind of clash. So. Yeah, and the exaggeration and a lot of character designs. You got a, little, a lot of, like, uh, triangle-shaped dudes running around. Yep. A lot. All right, so let's get into the show. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to start off by saying that Kid Adam, I never watched this when I was younger, but Kid Kid Adam would have loved this. Like, I, I don't know why he did not watch it. So he couldn't find it. I for a second yeah, that Kid Adam yeah. was some superhero I'd never heard of. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's just literally I, I knew Kid Adam. <laughs> he had a backwards baseball cap on with his hair sticking out the front, carrying a giant sword with a power glove. Yeah, yeah he used to eat mayonnaise sandwiches. You see mayonnaise oh, sandwiches. Gross. Yeah. yeah, this would have actually been like college Adam. Yeah, yeah. Although, you know, Colin Adam was pretty big into cartoons, too. That, I was watching Transformers Beast War then, though. So, Well, that's how low you had sunken. I remember watching that one as a kid. I do not remember watching this at all. Okay. Beast War? I don't, remember it. I don't remember it with fondly. I thought it was pretty good. Beast Wars was pretty, pretty interesting. The concept behind it was pretty good. Let's talk about Beast Wars. No, let's move on and talk about <laughs> Spider-Man Unlimited. Okay. Yeah, not Beast Wars. So the show opens with a narrative recap that introduces all of the characters in the series. Yes. It does. It, in With a framing device of the high, on, high evolutionary talking He's like, about well, it. Let's watch some episodes of the show. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, first of all, they're in Castle Wondagore. Yeah. Yes. Which yeah. looks like somebody... Glad you brought that up. Yeah, it looks like somebody slapped a Castlevania level on top of the New York skyline. 
Well, it was very <laughs> uh, gargoyles. So it was. Yeah. So the high evolutionary is in his castle and he's uh, holding an office meeting slash pep talk. Yes, and I called the uh, just based on his costume. I called the high evolutionary thorny furry daddy. See, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I yeah. thought that he might have been an actual like uh, evolution of uh, boar because it looked like he, he oh, created some sort of like giant lizard creature and then cut out its cloaca and shoved his head through it. Mm-hmm. He's actually from Prime Earth. Just so, like Peter Parker. Oh, he is. Yeah. Okay. The, high, the High Evolutionary is Marvel canon. He, yes. He's from Original yeah. Earth. He traveled to Counter-Earth. I watched this and said, that's the High Evolutionary? Yeah. That's not the guy I remember from the comic books. I remember so a hot then, pink guy. I then went on Wikipedia, and I probably <laughs> spent about four hours reading fucking Marvel lore and reading about the High Evolutionary. He, Did you say Marvel lore or Marvel vor? You Marvel, you're such you're sucking you're so no, fixated. I watched Marvel lore he said and then I B. went on to research some Marvel lore and then I got a little <laughs> distracted. Yeah, I needed some yeah, time. You know, fifteen minutes so, later, you yeah. Wikipedia, like all of their links, just keep makes you keep going down to to vor. <laughs> yeah, it all ends in vor. All, yeah. all roads lead to vor. Uh, yeah. It's it's like how YouTube's algorithm drives people to extremism. Everything on Wikipedia drives you to war. So I I was looking into it, and apparently the high evolutionary started off as a normal human in 1930s, where he studied uh, genetics in England alongside Nathaniel Essex. And if you're a huge X-Men fan like me, you know that Nathaniel Essex is Mr. Sinister who is, like, the other famed geneticist in the Marvel Universe. I knew that. Next to Apocalypse. Apocalypse is, like, the OG geneticist. So the High Evolutionary basically broke away from academia, set up his own, um, basically his own castle on his own land, started these genetic experiments, created the new men, and then from there, like, kept on going further and further and further and consistently kept evolving beyond being a man and beyond physical form, and then devolving back into being a man. He's he's the island of Dr. Moreau, but Dr. Moreau moved to another planet. Yes. But in the comic books, more often than not, he is, like, more of a metaphysical being than he is an actual man. So we just sort of caught him at a man phase instead of metaphysical phase. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Once a month, he's, a, he's in his man phase. He's in his man phase. <laughs> Um, that's true. And, uh, in the comics, he's also like, he's not always a villain. He's like sort yeah. of hard he, to qualify, quantify. Well, cause, cause he, he does go beyond like the, he goes beyond being a man. Like he gets into the metaphysical phase too often. And once you get to that point, the motivation for those characters is like unknowable basically. So more often than not, he seems like he was actually a good guy. And he's the canonical creator of Adam Warlock, who is Counter Earth's yeah. Christ figure, and yeah. kind of, kind of Marvel's Christ figure, yeah. at least until they quit using him in uh, two thousand two, when they like finally were done with all the different Infinity Saga things. Yeah, they just kind of yeah. like they. I think they burned themselves out on him, and they moved on to other characters. Yeah, because that was always the thing: is Adam Warlock was supposed to be like the polar opposite of 
Thanos. And at some point in time, I think they even stated that Thanos was supposed to be like the physical manifestation of the negative aspects of Adam Warlock. No, that's the Magus, like that. buddy. Oh, it's the Mag. Oh, sorry. Look, Mother- see, my, motherfucker, my, your lore my is Marvel's so mixed all up. up. Yeah. You got you got your lore all mixed up with your vor. His uh, slideshow presentation goes over well with the animal people known as the Beastials. Yes. Except for the tiger, who is telegraphing his third act face turn. Yes. Um, <laughs> his children are Dr. Ram, Tiger Man, Thick Care Bear, and Elf. <laughs> and, thick Care Bear. <laughs> here's, here's the thing I didn't get. All of, these, all of these characters are supposed to be evolved from animals. Mm-hmm. What the fuck was the elf? She's evolved, I believe, from... A duck? No, she... <laughs> a duck. <laughs> I think she's supposed to be evolved from, like, a snake or a spider or something. She's venomous, I think. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. It looks like but she she's might an be elf. evolved from, like, a fish or something like that. Yeah, she looks exactly like an elf. Yeah. A scaly elf. I wish, really wish we'd explored more of Thick Care Bear. Yeah, I, I don't think that she was a bear, though. I think she was a lion. She doesn't have a big part in this episode. She's got a big part in my heart. She looks more like a lion to me, because she has, like, the white mane. Mm. I, 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 did, I got a bear feeling. Really? I feel like this episode had a lot of echoes with other episodes. Does she have 30-30 hair? It looks like she does. She does have, like, a giant white mane. She's got 30-30's hair. So maybe she was a precursor to 30-30? Or maybe maybe thirty thirty is uh, part uh, lion elf or part lion bear, bear whatever <laughs> she is. You don't know. You know who that bear got with. Over time, eventually, it became a horse. Yeah, it got the, with, the torso uh, of a horse. It, it got with uh, battle cat. Yeah. So so let me just say it and see how this sounds. Thirty thirty is a bear. Thirty thirty mm. is a bear. I think All we right. already said that, didn't we? Like he was like a rough trade daddy bear. <laughs> You said that. Yes, you did. Okay. Along with a list of your other fantasies. <laughs> this one just says blonde tennis instructor. <laughs> the rest of this list is just Smurf. <laughs> oh, wait, wait. There's a snorkel. Yep, one. One snorkel. Okay, so the next scene is stated as being high above the basement. Yep. Which I think I think that that term is from uh, Spider-Man twenty ninety nine because I think that I think that the basement is considered to be the ground level of the city because the city was built up so high and everybody that was wealthy lived on the top portion, yeah, like Coruscant, and then the bottom part of the city was where like all the bad negative shit happened. I so don't I, think I, it was called. Was it called? Maybe it was. I remember reading about it because I read Ravage twenty ninety nine, the worst twenty ninety nine comic. Did you see X Men twenty ninety nine? Because that uh, was also bad. Yeah, that was a weird one because I feel like it was X Men twenty ninety nine, but the X Men never all match, like never came together as a team. Yeah. yeah, they were just like random mutants. Yeah. So Spider Man is swinging around and doing uh, monologues about the setting of this cartoon. Yes, he thinks Counter Earth has been a wild ride. Counter-Earth, a planet where humans are undesirables. Um, he says one thing in here. Only Lady Fate knows what is coming next, which is a fucking insane thing to say. And, and it seems like he, he should have said something like Madam Web 
right? Like he should have actually like referenced right. characters that are associated with fate that he knows and that he has interacted with. How come you always got to flex your Madam Web muscle every I time just, we do Spider Man? I just really like my, I just really like Madam Web. I think I thought she was a good character. I enjoyed but her. At this at this point in his life, Spider Man is trapped on another planet in an oppressive regime with a budding civil war. Maybe he should like fucking think about the situation is in and take proactive action instead of being like, "Well, fate will deliver me whatever I'm supposed to do." So Spider-Man's outfit is uh, black and red with a half cape made out of webbing. Yeah, yeah. It is the 2099 costume with a few alterations. Yeah, it, it is almost exactly that. Yeah. Did the 2099 costume have the cape? Yes, because that was a it surprise did. to it me. Did. Oh, really? It did. Except, yeah, except yeah, for yeah. the cape was like red. It wasn't actually mm, like regular no. webbing shade. It was kind of the same. It was like diaphorous and uh, diaphanous. Di- it was diaphanous. Di- diaphanous. Yes, I wasn't going to say anything because we you know we're famed for mispronunciations. So. It's my it's my thing. Olafasori, mm. um, subsequent. Olafasori. Olafasori. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, he had that cape, and yeah. uh, it, it, it was, was pretty like much ragged, exactly the ragged same. webbing. Yeah, yeah. So then a wall of robots starts descending on him. Yeah, there's like a rainbow wall. And a cut and paste. And again, like lot. echoes of previous episodes, guys, they are called machine men and they mm. are about the same technology level and has kind of the same weapons as the Thundar machine men. And they're pretty hollow, right? Yeah. They're just, just two cake batter halves put together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Delicious. I would like I would like a machine men cake for my birthday. <laughs> And we cut to intro. Batshit insane. Yeah, and yes. it, what was very interesting was it it, um, it looked like it was a different animation style than what we're seeing here. And it looks like it wasn't as good of an animation style. But mm. given what you were telling me about the this being the continuation of the previous Spider-Man cartoon, I imagine those were actually probably clips from that previous series. No. No? Not they, at all. They did, okay. they did use the original costume... To kind of tell his background story. Yeah, when, when it shows him coming out of, like, the wrestling match and talking about the cops. Yeah, I I feel like it went off the rails when they started pulling in panels from the left and they showed Peter Parker about to be bit by the spider. And then the next panel showed a small <laughs> atomic explosion <laughs> happening on his hand. And um, that after that, I was like, well, I'm not on board, but it is continuing. <laughs> Yeah, I was actually wondering about that. Like, were they trying to say that this was something, um, this was a different origin story than what we were used to? Was this it not a... Was it not that he got bit by the spider, but rather he was doing an experiment on the spider and actually got zapped by something radioactive that wasn't spider-related? Um, it's just not your daddy's spider. Not your daddy's spider. When this one bites your Man. hand, it splits the atoms in your hand. <laughs> your hand explodes. Spider-Man flees the robots, but then he realizes they aren't chasing him. Yes. So then Spider-Man starts to follow the robots. Yes. And what they're doing is they're setting up an electronic frontier around the human ghetto. And they start forcing people into the street. Yeah, they, they make energy yep. domes. Yeah. Everyone is lined up to have their Amazon Prime membership implant read. <laughs> yep. <laughs> well, first Spider-Man sta- saves a dumb kid. 
And and this is when yes. we know that it's not actually Earth, or at the very least, this isn't the U.S. Because everybody is lined up very orderly. Everybody's like in a perfect queue, just waiting their turn to be scanned. Um, the guy who uh, is in line and starts to sweat because he's about to get his Amazon chip implant verified. His foot is bandaged. And, and you know what? It's not his implant. It's his wife's because they thought that they were going to share an Amazon Prime account. <laughs> and he Uh-oh. fucked up the registration. Uh, so, Repaying for all your streaming services post-divorce is a soul killer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he, he opted to take the easy route and just kept his wife's implant, and, you know, this is what happens. Anyway, he runs off, hits the barrier, and is dragged away by the machine men. I did like how the machine men looked, though. And that was just an obs- not for anything other than I was like, oh, those are kind of cool looking. They looked an awful lot like some of the designs we saw in Wildcats. They felt very mm-hmm. 90s to me. Yeah, they are super 90s. They felt a little bit uh, sentinel-ish as well. Like with some of the exposed circuitry and stuff around the neck and the arms. The coloration was also the kind of there. Um, I think the coloration overall is some one of the worst things about this cartoon. Because I also think it's one of the best things in some scenes. Sometimes the color is amazing, and then the most of the rest of the time it is batshit garbage. Yeah. 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 Like the machine men? The machine men are <laughs> an example of batshit garbage. Yeah, that's that's one of the that's the other part that jumped out at me is they just looked '90s like royal blue and light purple. It was just like, oh boy. Yeah, I, I did notice that the bestials tend to have a red and blue theme, which is yeah. like what the original Spider-Man uh, costume was based on. Yeah, and the same for the High Evolutionary. Like his his whole outfit is red and blue, minus minus the green cloaca. The next scene, we're at a uh, walk-up doctor's office, and Dr. Pretty Lady is being harassed by robots. Mm-hmm. And she's trying to uh, work within the system and show them permits and paperwork. Peter Parker observes. I, I guess he knows these people. He's speaking in, in the window like, WTF? <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, and he, this he is... obviously has like a relationship with them. I think he even says something along the lines of, uh, Dr. Pretty Lady really helped me out. I really probably should help her out. But how can I do that? Yeah. This is, yeah. this is one in the notes I have. Spider-Man is the worst written character. <laughs> <laughs> Across yeah. all Spider-Mans or just this Spider-Man? <laughs> I think mostly mm. just this Spider-Man. And that includes the fucking dude who is a Ram. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he has a clear motivation and uh, agency in the story. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he has a real point of view. Spider-Man just has an ongoing existential crisis. So the robots are accusing her of being a Spider-Man collaborator and threaten to arrest her. Her, her child then tries to uh, stand up to the robots, and run, one robot tells the other robot to arrest the boy. Yes, arrest yeah, the child. That actually made me flashback to my youth, so... <laughs> my dad talking to people. Yeah. Um, Spider-Man solves this problem by throwing a trash can in an open window. Not using any of his spider powers, no. Just hurling a trash can. Well, he can't give away that it's Spider-Man that's doing it. Because if he did, then they'd be on the extra high alert. Now they're right. just on high alert. It works, though. That both the robots immediately leave to, quote-unquote, investigate. Yeah, and then uh, Peter Parker walks into the office. After greeting Dr. Naoko, like, pretty much right after that, he starts cleaning up the trash. 
which I was like, oh, does he? Pretty, pretty solid, Peter. Yeah. Well, he doesn't really clean up the trash. He just sort of sets the trash can upright, puts the lid on it. But, but still, he he does something to try to clean up the mess a little bit. He contributes. So then the high evolutionary appears on television and declares that he will destroy one building every hour until the rebels surrender. So we cu- we cut around to various reaction shots of the speech by all of the established supporting cast. Yes. Yeah. And uh, we also cut to the symbiotes. Um, and they they like this move, but they are up to something underground. Yeah. They're, they're laughing because everybody's going to be distracted from what they're doing. And they're, what they're doing, it looks like, is harvesting a bunch of bugs from some sort of weird, like, biomatter that's forming, like, yeah. uh, pillar-like so, structures. So apparently those are full-grown symbiotes. Ooh. Okay. Cool. Whereas the juvenile symbiotes are the T2000 liquid things that you see in, in all the other Spider-Man properties. So essentially the symbiotes get shittier as they get older. Much yeah. like us. <laughs> uh, I know I have. So next is a green moth lady reporting on a building being demolished. Is she a moth or is she some sort of fucked up lizard thing? It's really I thought hard she was, to tell. I thought she was like a dragonfly or something like that. Mm. Like a helicopter damsel fly without the wings. It is very confusing to understand what sort of animal she was based on. She's green and she has tufts of something in various places. Uh, yes. And, and really big eyes. I feel like what's important to note here is that all of these creatures that are like uh, human-animal hybrids, they're they're actually supposed to be the animals force-evolved yep. into their higher form, which is humanoid. Mm, interesting. So um, by that logic, wouldn't... I mean, they can't interbreed. So, like, there is assumably... A, enough of a population of these fucked up gecko things in this city to support her like her continued existence and her whole way of life or the high evolutionary is just taking a really fascist approach and controlling the reproduction all of all reproduction. the citizens yeah 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 i could see him being a, a an animal human eugenicist for sure well, that's the reason why he wants to get rid of all the humans, because the humans can still interbreed and circumvent his will. So, without the humans, everybody else is relying upon him to procreate. You think he's just up there in Castle Wondorgor going, Fucking! They're fucking! Shaking his fist. <laughs> I know they're doing it! Well, it's, it's, not the, it's not the fucking, because, you know, the, the various animals can still have sex with each other. They just can't reproduce. This leads into the other thing: is a lot of the character designs in this show are pretty insane. Uh, uh, Doctor Ram, Bottom Man, his the way he's designed is crazy, so like '90s extreme uh, that it uh, it's sort of mind-boggling. She tries to interview uh, Ram. He's supervising the robots, and he says, "You know, just watch." I like that they call him a project coordinator. They created a title for him in a right. few hours. They actually designed some sort of like letterhead for his office as well. He yeah. has cards that he can take out, pass around. He's like, I can't do an interview. This is like the only time when I can contribute to my 401k. Yeah. 
I have to do my whole whole year's contribution in the next several minutes. In the opening scene, they're all like at an office meeting. Watch a PowerPoint presentation. Well, just like Ram Man's like, you know, I was hoping for a promotion this week, but instead I kind of got this lateral move into this project coordinator. Uh, don't get me wrong, it's good because it does come with a pay raise, but the responsibilities aren't quite the same, and I don't think it's actually going to contribute to me advancing into the C-suite the way that I thought I would. But yeah. at any rate, I got to do a good job with this so I then can get the promotion back into the field that I was looking to, to stay in. He's so. like, uh, should I change... I mean, should I update my resume with this title? Or should I just roll this into the role I already had so it doesn't look like they moved me laterally? And also, is this going to be like a prestigious project for me, or is this just going to wind up yeah. being like uh, something that we had to take care of as a company? Also, there seems to be an awful lot of destruction going on without permits. Am I being set up as the fall guy here? <laughs> you know what? I better talk with the compliance department to make sure that we're all set. Okay. Let's let's pause construction right now and, and talk to some of the lawyers. Let me just go online and uh, with, with my phone here, and I'll just set my LinkedIn profile to looking. <laughs> uh, but you're right; they start blowing up buildings. This feels this feels weird. I mean, they're definitely like I feel like they're trying to make more out of the fact that they're destroying the houses. Which is weird because later in the episode, spoilers, everyone, later in the episode, they're just going to be like, no prompting, flat out, we're going to destroy the human race. Well, it's it's it actually did seem like it was, um, I mean, you're right, it seemed like it was kind of forced drama, and then they just decided to exterminate the entire human race anyway. And all of this decision making seemed to take place over the course of like one night. So Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, it, yeah Tiger, Tiger shows up to argue with Ram that they should be nicer to humans, but Ram loves to hate humans. He yep. sure does, yep. and he and he really emasculates Tigerman. So they uh, they whip out a huge ass gun for blowing up buildings. Yeah, and Spider Man shows up and he smashes the building laser just before it fires again. Yes, and and ironically, he smashes the building laser against a building. Oh, yeah. that's called poetic justice. <laughs> <laughs> He starts fighting the robots, and the bestials jump on their hover-rocking horses. Again, yeah. e echoes of Bravestar. Spider-Man is heavily outnumbered by robots and gets knocked down by near-miss explosion debris. Yes, and the building collapses. Yeah, it destroys the building anyway. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's really, uh, at this point, it is R Ram Man 1, Spider-Man 0. No, actually, I think it's Ram Man 2, because I think he destroyed another building before this. So. Oh, good yeah. point. Yeah. So he, he's lying there, and Ram Man orders his robots to hold their attack so that he can face Spider-Man in honorable single combat. By um, gunning Spider-Man down with a vehicle-mounted <laughs> weapon while he's trapped under a fallen building. But fortunately, exactly. he's chosen the most laboriously loading gun and with the longest firing sequence possible. A musket. But in, in all fairness, like he, he, did, he was ramping it up so it had the maximum amount of energy to make sure that it was a kill shot. And like obviously he was looking to like just blast Spider-Man to like have a sustained laser shot hit him until he like bores a hole through Spider-Man's body and into the earth. Well, it kind of makes sense because later when Spider-Man is escaping, spoilers for two minutes yeah. later, yeah. Uh, <laughs> he gets hit by like dozens of these lasers. Yeah, from every side. 
Yeah, from every side. They reverse juke him down to the ground, but they don't seem to really do much damage to him. So maybe you really need to charge these lasers up. You really need to crank that super soaker pumper to get enough charge to kill a human. Yeah. I feel like he would have massive internal damage. Like when I watch this, he's just getting blasted from one side to the next, but he just, you know, yeah, ribs, they're not cracked. He's really ragged all in. You know, yeah. Like internal organs. Perfect. But the um, before he can get hit by that super shot, going back to before the spoilers, um, the uh, lion tiger. bestial, tiger bestial, uh, comes in and, and stops Ram Man from actually shooting Spider-Man by essentially ramming his um, vehicle uh, with the vehicle that the uh, tiger is riding. So they just sort of like crash into each other, Ooh. pushes him aside. That is what I call ironic off. justice. Yes. Yeah, he, he, he reminds him that uh, their orders are to take the rebels in a lot. Yeah, the Ram says he doesn't care. They want, he winds up shooting his shot, and it goes on for a sustained blast. Cuts down another building. Cuts one of his uh, robots <laughs> in half at the same time. Mm-hmm. And then that leads to the whole fight sequence with Spider-Man trying to get away and run off and getting shot by all the other uh, bestials on their mounted bikes. Yep. At this point, they re- reverse jute and trap Laser Man on the roof of a building. Laser Man? They trap what? Laser Man? Uh, did I say Laser Man? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Spider Man. They, uh, they spider him down. Uh, dozens of spiders shoot him all over his laser body. <laughs> <laughs> and then my favorite scene in this episode happens. One big ass drive by shooting. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The, the rebels show up and flank the robots and cry out, "We're they're not the only one with big guns." <laughs> they do. I mean, that, seriously. Don't they? <laughs> <laughs> and they have a floating minivan with people hanging out the windows with laser guns. Yeah. It's awesome. And we also have like a, a hover bike with my favorite character on it. The pile of rags. Yeah, yep. Yeah. <laughs> Mummy man. His name Mo- is Git Hoskins. Git Hoskins. Okay, but yeah, he's he's just like a bundle of rags with uh, goggles. Now, 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 see, I would call this person. Uh, oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> uh, mummified grifter. There we go. Yeah, there we. Yeah, perfect. Mm. He is a mummified yeah. grifter. <laughs> Yeah! Wow, he has the hair and everything. Mm-hmm. Look at that, right? The hair. There. He's like, got the jacket. He does. Does he? Looks like he has the sleeves pushed up and everything. Is he a grummy or a mifter? <laughs> I think he's a grummy mifter. <laughs> so the rebels and Spider-Man return to street level to trade jovial action hero one-liners mm-hmm. when a crowd of now homeless humans start yelling at the rebels that everything the government has done to them is the rebels' fault. Yeah. And this entire time, How Spider-Man poignant. is hanging upside down from a lamppost. But the way he's hanging upside down is he's actually still ragdolling it. And like when I was watching this initially, I was like, did they just fucking kill Spider-Man? And they're just <laughs> sort of like talking next to him. And it wasn't until Spider-Man like turns around that he's actually, he realized that there's actually a full conversation going. Meanwhile, uh, Fur Daddy is watching all of this on TV. And he's like, lol, stupid humans. So, 
going back real quick, the uh, the villains, do they escape into the clouds or do they just disappear there? They, they, they go to the clouds, basically. And, well, and it, if this is actually holding true to the same type of style of city as was in Spider-Man 2099, essentially they went to the upper level of the city. They went past the smog yeah. layer to get to the so upper, all the, upper that side. That super dystopian science fiction Warhammer Coruscant, all that yes. undercity, like Corsa, upper yeah. city. Oh, yeah, it's totally to, a, a Warhammer or 40K hive city. Yeah. To quote one of Matt's favorite pieces of cinematography, Fifth Element has the same <laughs> the same effect going on. Mm-hmm. Fifth Element was the bomb. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I liked it as a kid. I like it as an adult. Screw kids. Same. <laughs> yeah. Was the fifth the fifth element was jizz, right? <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> I never thought of it that way. <laughs> it totally is. <laughs> I'll see myself out. <laughs> no, that was a good joke. That, that was that good. It was good. <laughs> okay, so so the high evolutionary says they're all in one place. Activate the brain harmonics. And yeah. And speakers pop out of the building that there were that was going Just to be demolished, demolished, and the rebels and the homeless people are all knocked unconscious by sonic weapons. Yep. And here is where we hold true to a common thread of Spider-Man throughout the last two series that we saw. His spider sense goes off, and he goes, something bad's about to happen, and then he gets hit by the bad thing anyway. His spider sense does nothing to help him, just like in the last series. Yep. And it happens multiple times in this episode. They never show, they never really show the spider sense working. So I got two observations here, because my time is drawing to a close. So observation one is is a question more for Adam in his deep knowledge of Spider-Man lore. (laughs) When when Spider-Man's spider sense goes off in the comics, not necessarily in, in the shows, does his spider sense give him like a general overview of what's going to happen, a general direction of where it's going to come from, or do he just knows something bad is going to happen eventually in the near future? Depends on the writer. Yeah. There have been times where he knows like a general direction where the bad stuff's going to be ha- coming from. Um, but from what it usually is described as, it's just sort of like, oh, something bad's about to happen, and then he's just like on extra high alert, essentially. Yeah, but it'll okay. also like, it'll go off if like a cosmic threat is disturbing the yeah, entire universe. Yeah. And there, I think there's times when he's like used it as like a homing, a way to figure out things uh, as a homing radar or something. But um, basically, it's whatever the writer decides, and then it's yeah, whatever the situation sort of demands. And then my second question is, so the group of bad guys is over here destroying buildings, mm-hmm. which house the uh, the brown note speakers. How pissed off do you think the leader of the bad guys would have been if they destroyed all of his brown note speakers? <laughs> oh, I mean, I think that they carefully planned which buildings to destroy. Like, they knew which one had speakers and which ones didn't. They're just like, does it have an X on the door? Blow it up. <laughs> <laughs> A very low-tech way of marking the buildings. They went around with a bucket of red paint. Right. X. Yeah. But, I mean, th- these are also, like, lower-income households where people might not necessarily have um, a lot of electronics of their own. So I was just, like, wondering why some of these speakers weren't, like, 
rewired. Like, people living in the building found the speakers and were like, you know what, we're going to rewire this to actually play, like, my jock jams or... Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Reggae. Strip them for all the copper. Reggae. Yeah, exactly. Scrap it. Or, or no, I, I, I want to listen to my uh, techno anime music. Ooh. I put this yeah, on yeah. here. So, like, I mean, one, of the speakers be... one of the speakers should have popped up with extra wires coming out of it, just starting to play, like, an Aria <laughs> or something like that. It's got to play uh, 90s music. N- yeah. Nine Inch Nails, so the Gravity from Kills. The yeah. Yeah, yeah. The real heavy stuff, guys. Yeah. And then, like, randomly morphine. <laughs> that was actually heavy. <laughs> some, really, some really angsty stuff. It's just got included because somebody miscategorized the name, and then they're like, what is oh, this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, the Mighty Mighty Boss tones, because it was everywhere during this time. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they would have been in oh. there. The resurgence of Scott Rock. Have you ever, yeah. have you ever heard their, their really heavy stuff? That one album. You mean with the, uh, like, industrial synthesizers and the, uh, like, machine music or the machine noises in the background? Yeah, and they cut yeah. down the brass lineup to just five instruments. Yeah. So. <laughs> so it's very sparse. Yeah. yeah, it's very sparse for them. And they're, they're uh, the boss tone guy that just dances on stage just screaming fuck every five minutes. Or yeah. five seconds. Well, yeah. all of his movement is determined in a John Cage-style randomization. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah yeah that's right and then they taught him gun fu for no reason but he didn't have any guns to actually do the gun fu so <laughs> yep that's true so he's just hand gunning the audience exactly shooting yeah. hand bullets <laughs> i'm actually just picturing like these hands just sort of shooting out <laughs> like face hunger style just smacking people sure I always thought when I was little that your handgun only had three bullets because of your knuckles. Oh. <laughs> so you would shoot off a How? knuckle each time? Interesting. <laughs> so wait, so so would it be like, so like it only had three shots because there's only three three joints? No. Yeah, yeah, you, you'd Party shoot like off a three. three three bullets. Oh, oh! You were shooting the whole fingers off. I was shooting off yeah. each each uh, link in my in my finger. See, but, you got you to you got to conserve your ammo and just shoot each each link of the finger off, and then you got like you got oh yeah actually to do that with. So you actually got twelve bullets. Yeah. So. I wish, as a child, I could have done simple math. By the time you get to the end, you had one snub nose revolver. That's <laughs> exactly. Instead. Yeah. Got, you just had to pull that out of your, you had to pull that out of your garter belt and then like get right yeah. up close to the gambler, shoot him in the neck. You're yeah. still like clicking the stub of your thumb. Yep. <laughs> and then you know, once you run out, you just gotta throw the whole thing at the bad guy. So That's right. I thought you could just shake it and reload. <laughs> and all your fingers come back out. <laughs> Alright. Uh that was an aside that was not totally necessary. Alright. And not totally funny. So, <laughs> no, but that's okay. So back in the symbiote lair, Venom and Carnage are sitting on a couch laughing at everyone's misfortune. The way they were on the couch and the their voices really made me be, think Beavis and Butthead. Beavis and Butthead, yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and suddenly the doors kicked in and ro- robots sonic weapon them. Yeah. yeah. Cut to Laboratory 572. Yeah, it was so fucking fast. Like the capture of the symbiotes was like, like instantaneous. I surprise, and, I, and it's the pivotal moment of the episode. Yeah, 
I kind of wish that, I mean, the amount of disservice they give this moment, I kind of wish that they had just had Spider-Man wake up in the laboratory and just the, have Venom yeah, the symbiotes were there and yeah. they could have made like a little more of a big deal about them getting captured and yeah. it being a surprise. Everyone wakes up on the floor of cages that are only large enough to stand up in. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> the, they, why did they remove everybody's shirts? Well, <laughs> they they removed the symbiotes from Eddie Brock and from Cass. Is it Cassidy? Not Cassidy Yates. Cassidy. It's Cassidy. Cassidy. I thought Cassidy Yates too. Yeah, that's from so Star Trek. In, yep. In the uh, in the Bruce Banner Hulk question, why did they retain their pants but not their shirts? Because yeah, they had been possessed by the symbiote, and just like just like Hulk, anyone who is possessed by the symbiote, uh. The the upper part of their pants to about the knee is invulnerable. Well, well, they well, it's because they skip leg day. Only their upper chest grows. <laughs> oh. David got the leg day joke in. Nice. Yes. The, nice. the deepest Perfect. and worst callback. <laughs> I like it. Oh goodness. Well, well, this was something that I was asking too. Uh, so we have we have the two men that were possessed by the symbionts. The symbionts are, are obviously have been removed or have been taken away or have like withdrawn into their body in some fashion. All the other human rebels that are there um, are basically in like their regular clothing, whatever. Nobody thought to remove Spider-Man's costume. Yeah. Nobody tried to like take off his mask or remove it at all. That right. was kind of the point of the whole like why are they out yeah. wearing shirts? Well. I feel like we have an in-canon reason for this, and that is that he has this nano suit now, yeah. which they, I guess, could like you. You could try to pull it away, and the the bots could just slip around your fingers. So you could never get a grip on it, I guess. Or it could be some type of tamper-proof suit as well. Like you could have some sort of mechanism in there that um, it is a nano suit. So maybe like the nanites will attack whatever tries to remove the suit from him in some sure. fashion. No um, tamps in there. It's a no tamp zone inside that suit. Yeah, and and one of the things, one of the other things I also had a question about was like um, dietary needs, because every animal is going to have a different type of dietary need, which isn't all that strange because like we can we can actually do that nowadays. But would you have like goat men just sort of walking around eating random shit that they find? Would you have like <laughs> guinea pig people that only eat like vegetable scraps? You know. Um, that's a good point. That's one of the reasons why I liked like the Zootopia movie, where they're where like they evolved past the need of predating each other, but they still had this weird uh, sort of sexist dynamic between predators and prey creatures. Mm-hmm. But they also went into like some of the differences in like diet. Like you had the elephants were getting like giant lollipops, then you had like <laughs> mice were getting like lollipop sticks. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So. The movie's deep. Real deep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so does Tiger Man just want to eat the herbivore yeah, antagonist? That, actually, oh, that, yeah, that might be the real like, reason why there's that tension between Ram Man and the Tiger Man. Because mm-hmm. Ram is constantly like on edge because he thinks he's going to be eaten by the Predator. Yeah. Like, does he never turn his back to Tiger Man? Yeah. Yeah, that's oh. a good point there, Derek. He's always, like, up on the counter, like, on the mountainside. Yeah. He's like, always, like, like yeah. when he comes into the break room, he, like, hops up on the sink. 
and, and like his, he's always got like his head tilted to the side and his body up in the air ready to come down at anybody that comes near him that yeah. i'm that makes and me this, more sympathetic to poor ram man like that's yeah. that's fucking tragic as a uh, instantaneous response yeah and what about elf lady like she's a venomous something did she like seize up spider-man and was like hmm spiders uh yes early yeah, actually, earlier in the run she has a crush on spider-man and tries to seduce him <laughs> oh really that makes yeah. a lot more sense because there's a there's a scene where spider-man's in a cage and the elf lady actually walks past Spider- spider-man and kind of gives him like the the up and down eyeball and it seems yeah. to like be slightly sad so well, she says this is such a waste wow yeah does she want to like eat him or mate with him i mean like, what we, again what's what the difference on here? The latter, well well yeah she's a spider mm-hmm. so or she praying well, is she a spider or is she an insect? A like purple-headed mantis. insect girl. She's just a vor aficionado. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she's clearly the kind that kills her mate. Like, yeah. she's she's bad. She, she's, she's a, a black bad widow. girl. Yeah. yeah. But wouldn't a spider be considered one of the apex predators? I could eat a spider. So terrified. Yeah, birds eat spiders. Yeah. Yeah, and I eat birds. <laughs> you can, should consider me the apex predator. That's why they all hate humans. I, I yeah, could... they're terrified of the humans because they know humans are just a bunch of voracious predators. I thought it was the other way around. Uh, Ram Man, Tiger Man, they're all like, these motherfuckers on regular Earth have guns. Oh, and they shoot us. yeah. Mm-hmm. They're like, yeah, they so watch they're regular like, Earth. They're like, oh, them. wow. Yeah. Ram Man's like, oh, they're just going to turn me into a kebab. These motherfuckers are gonna hang my head on a wall in some mountain lodge somewhere. The lion's like, "Well, at least you're not just gonna be killed for sport. They're not gonna eat me." Well, this is all like all all the the counter Earth concept of like the bestials and the humans living as an underclass. It all comes from like the early '70s period of Marvel, Um, and they were playing a little catch up in terms of having stories that were about race relations. So this was a science fiction way, just like we uh, just like we saw before, a science fiction way to like talk about race relations on Counter Earth um, and make it safe, sort of. So we're the bestials, everybody. Yeah, that's yes. us. And were they actually called bestials, or did they call them new men? I think in the comic they call them new men. In the show they call them bestials. I they think. call them bestials in the show. Okay. So. <laughs> The immortal comes in to villain monologue his evil plan. Yep. Yep. By plugging VGA cables into the necks of the rebels. <laughs> <laughs> um, I literally had in my notes old school monitor plugs to everyone. <laughs> yeah. This is in the pre USB days. And and what I did like is the the VGA cable actually um, trying to attach itself to the the pile of rags. Yeah. Yes. Because actually goes goes through the back of the neck, wraps around his head, then plugs into his goggles, and apparently the <laughs> goggles are what are like his center of intelligence. So uh I've they used him for a lot of weird sight gags. Yeah. Honestly, uh, to be perfectly honest, if I was a one of the uh illustrators for this show, that would be the only guy I'd want to draw the entire time. Just because it it would be so much fun to like come up with like different things for him to do in the background. Um overall, like the character designs and the color are crazy, but this show is very well and consistently drawn. Yeah, yeah. Um, and interestingly, uh, there are way too many close-ups, extreme close-ups, uh, yeah. but overall, it's very consistently and well drawn. So the immortal then uses his telekinetics 
to turn on a machine that's five feet away. <laughs> yeah. He, yeah. He <laughs> green hands it. Yep. And, and was this a power of the high evolutionary? Like evolutionary. He, yeah, he he had all kinds of weird, crazy powers. So. Okay. So he you, off, you just sort of lots of like mind reading and telekinesis and stuff. Gotcha. So Spider-Man then activates his own sonic weapons and manage to rup- manages to rupture a few of the, el- of the electronics in the room. Everyone is freed of their cages mm-hmm. because the bars are made out of lasers. And a fight yeah. scene happens. Um, yeah, I mean, in it, uh, alien or enemy layers never have generator redundancy. Yeah. Yeah. No. Single yeah. power source directly wired into the closest room of explosives. Yeah. So one breaker, that's it. Shut the one yeah. one off. They're all all done. So when when Spider-Man activated his Sonics, uh this is when we we get a little info or this is kind of like a um callback to some of the earlier episodes. His whole suit was stolen from Reed Richards. And specifically this is a nanotech suit as we mentioned before that has stealth technology built into it along with sonic emitters and sonic repulsive devices right. and the reason why he specifically went sonic was because he knew that he was going to be fighting carnage Sin- and Venom. yeah he's fighting the yeah. symbiotes um yeah he kind of has miles morales's skill set so spider-man is facing off against the immortal the gruff rebel leader is trading blows with ram and the mummy of grifter is using bandage tentacles on the elf lady and yeah, he's choking her out. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the the battle kind of turns in um, the bad guy's favor here, just because they they kind of three stooge it essentially. Yeah, High like, Evo just whips Spider Man around and he smashes into everyone. Yeah, and just throws him into like all the other good guys, like and knocks them all down like dominoes, basically. Yeah, and things look bad. Yes. But then the ceiling explodes, and in flies the Green Goblin. Yes, he's Hispanic, yes. weirdo, good guy, Green Goblin. Yes. And this is when it took me completely out of the episode. This is <laughs> they jumped this the shark. The this is the point where I was like, Hobgoblin? What? No, fuck Not minivan noise. drive-by, but Hobgoblin. Hobgoblin. I, this really A to B to Z'd it. Like, really uh, yeah, this is for, uh, this is where I was started to get into the episode because I'm like, what? <laughs> what is this? It's been crazy up to now, but now we have a literal bat. No, it's like completely off the wall. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the important part is the uh, the Green Goblin also just sort of puts his back to all the bad guys immediately. Like he throws one bomb, knocks them all yeah. down, and it's like, that takes care of that. And then get shot in the back well because he and uh he and peter peter parker have to have a moment to rap so we know that peter parker is cool yeah now now this is the question i had was there like an existing relationship between this green goblin and spider-man i'm assuming this is a counter-earth green goblin not yes this is counter this is one of the confusing things about counter-earth is that there is no reason why an er a planet in our space that is directly counter us would have parallel versions of us on it except if you have the logic of a three-year-old so getting (laughs) back to that (laughs) (laughs) 
the second show that the that the uh, that Fox Kids was trying to make actually had a Peter Parker on the counter Earth. Yes, who had mm. a who had a living Uncle Ben. Oh, so he was a Peter Parker that wasn't quite such a good guy because he didn't have the horrible tragedy. Of exactly, his father figure. He didn't have the tragedy, so he didn't actually try to fight off the symbiote when when a symbiote uh, uh, joined with him. Mm-hmm. So he actually like went even further down that path. It just became full ven- venom, essentially. Yeah, the Venom Spider-Man, Peter Parker. But sometime before this, there was a comic book series, the Clone Saga, the Clone Saga. Which uh, had done very poorly, and the Marvel executive said, "Well, looking at this, I would say that the problem was there was two Peter Parkers, so we need to uh, veto anything that has two Peter Parkers because that's what the fans don't like." (laughs) (laughs) And this was made like after they had started production on this show, so now they actually like winning production without a core storyline for where the series was going. That makes um, a lot more sense. Yeah, as to where they wound up. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's crazy. That's insane. I remember the clone storyline, because I remember that was when, like, they really sort of jumped the rails, and a lot of people were pissed off, because, like, Spider-Man died, and then he came back, and then, like, the guy that came back turned out to be a clone, and then the yep. real Spider-Man came back, because it turns out he was in a different reality. And uh, at some point in time during all of this, didn't he like mind swap with with Doc Ock? That's later. But uh, what really pissed off the fans is they said that uh, Ben Parker, the clone, that was actually the real Peter Parker. And the person who we had been following all this time is a clone, is a clone of Ben. And uh, that really pissed everybody off. Wow. Nothing like nothing like saying all that all the stupid lore you know is worthless. Yeah. Wow. Imagine how angry people would be if they tried to do this with Superman or Batman. Yeah, that'd be crazy. <laughs> Imagine how angry people would be if they did this in 2021. <laughs> the internet would just burn. So the fighting ends after the high evolutionary is tossed out on his ass. Or is he? The heroes have a clear path to escape. Except for a tiger. And he uh, lets them go because he wasn't down with the whole human genocide thing. Like, literally, just sort of steps aside and says, go ahead and go. Yeah, he might be playing like a weird triple agent kind of game, but I think that this late in the run, this is when he uh, finally makes his break with the high Evo. So the rebels go back to the cages to free the human forms of Carnage and Venom. Yep. Venom explains that, this, that the synoptic created a dead man switch that would be triggered if Venom's symbiote was ever removed, like it was now. Wait, was it whenever the Venom symbiote was removed, or whenever Eddie Brock resurfaced? Because are their symbiotes actually gone, or are they just or are they just sort of like regressed back into inside of themselves? No, no, no. They're, they've been like driven off their body with sound waves. Okay, okay. Cut to a goo fountain exploding in the center of the city and destroying all life. Yes. End of episode, end of series, end of all life on counter. (laughs) (laughs) 
Is it? I thought there were another two episodes, two or three episodes after this. Uh, no, there's there was scripts for season two. Oh, really? This this is literally yeah. the the final episode. Yeah. I yes. Mean, this, this was actually supposed to be like the season one cliffhanger, but it's just the final episode. Right. So the only thing that really could be inferred is everything was killed by the synoptic. Okay. Uh, that is I'm, insane. My theory, my theory. Well, your theory that, presupposes is. Well, yes. Well, my what theory if... presupposes is that um, Mummy Grifter is the only living creature not killed by the synoptic. Mm. Because he's he's not a traditional life form and cannot be co-opted by symbiotic creatures i think like everyone on earth is infected with venom symbiotes so everyone gets a little bit eviler that still makes spider-man or venom spider-man in in counter earth a hero he's still a paragon of virtue it's just that the whole moral compass has moved a little more to the right so everyone is still like relatively on the on the same level with each other right Right. He's still a paragon of virtue compared to how evil all the other normal humans are because they're all infected by the symbiote. Wait, you're you're saying that Venom is now a paragon of virtue? No, Spider-Man will be. Spider-Man, okay, because he's got the, yeah. Um, Because if everyone's infected by, it's like, if everyone's infected by the symbiote, nobody is. You ever think of of that? On a daily basis. It's part of my (laughs) Vore catalog, actually. (laughs) Because, yeah. <laughs> you know, being infected by a symbiote's like being consumed by another creature, right? Oh, jeez. It's it's like a mental vor. You ever think about that? I th- I honestly think most vor is mental. Like, I, I think a lot of it is fantasy and not so much... You're telling me thing. you're telling me that these people that practice vor aren't actually getting eaten? I don't think so. Oh, God. Okay, I'm out. I'm totally out of it now. But I don't know. I don't know much yeah. about this. No, it's too late. I, I've got. To, I now have to. I have to drop the vor. There's no actual eating being done. <laughs> Pornography has lied to you. Pornography has lied. To, just in this one instance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when I go to a car dealership and there's a, a young lady salesperson, obviously. We're going to start having sex, right? I need the fastest thing on this lot. Sugar, I'm the fastest thing on this lot. Uh, I mean, um, I haven't purchased a car before, so. (laughs) (laughs) You own a car now. I own two cars. (laughs) (laughs) You had sex twice? (laughs) Two times, baby. (laughs) (sighs) We are children. Just like Mike. Because <laughs> he's got the two kids, so he's obviously had sex twice. Yeah. That's it. Hey, it's one more than me. Oh. That's... The whole thing is batshit crazy. Uh, yeah. The whole experience is bizarre and slow and badly paced, and uh, yeah. the colors yeah. oscillate between genius and terrible. Uh, writing does not oscillate at all. What's really funny is that the the colors do oscillate between genius and terrible, but the colors don't oscillate. It's really just yeah. sort of like the scenario and the setting keep changing. 
yeah, it's like if they limited their palette, they could have had something amazing. Yeah. But they've decided to just kind of blanket apply these things. And and I would I would argue that the, since we're coming into this so late in the, in the game, this is obviously the very last episode, there seems to be an awful lot of story that they're trying to pack in here, given, you know, the five seconds to capture a bit of a carnage, the, uh, mm. the whole, like, weird uh, relationship between the ram and the tiger, and then, like, the butt-fuck, batshit-crazy, <laughs> abrupt ending to everything. Um, yes. It, it, do you think that, like, if we watched earlier episodes, they would more likely be much more sparse? Like, more sort of like the pacing we remember? I, th- I think that they would, but I also think that would make this final episode make a lot more sense. And it would also be like, because I, I feel like there's going to be like a natural crescendo to the storyline. <laughs> and, and there is going to be like an increase in speed as things start to like snowball out of control. So I feel like if and when we go back and watch earlier episodes, it would make the last episode make a little bit more sense. I'm making that argument right now. Hmm. Well, I mean, I, I do agree that, I mean, clearly they introduced Green Goblin earlier. Yeah. Uh, uh, as well as all the other characters. Yeah. And obviously there were like multiple interactions between um, Eddie Brock and uh, Cassidy and Peter Parker. So like they, because he knew they were there, they had talked, they had probably interacted in the first episode. And then later on, as they're doing like the cat and mouse, Spider-Man chasing them down thing. I'm sure that there were multiple times they came in contact with each other and probably... Because like, Eddie Brock said, oh, this is enough to put in this Didman switch that would go off if my symbiote was removed again. Sure, yeah. So most yeah. likely, like, earlier in the series, it was removed in some fashion, so. I would buy that. I mean, the usual symptom of a show that has no direction is scarcity, right? Like, episodes about nothing to that serve no real purpose. Like Heathcliff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, nothing was resolved. I'm kind of, I'm actually just sort of kind of digging the, the abrupt, like, end of all life on the planet. Yeah, type, the sudden upping of stakes. Yeah. I don't know why, I, I just sort of like that. I was like, and the series is done. Nice. Well, I don't think there was any life outside of the, like, domed city that they were in. Oh, really? Okay. I don't know enough about Counter-Earth to say if that's true or not true. Well, this is part of uh, the one my one universe theory. Okay. Oh, okay. Now, normally I would say that the only time, Adam, that you're allowed to go through the full history of all of the shows and the full timeline is during Mike episodes. <laughs> no, no, yeah, yeah. I, I was actually going to hold to that, too, because you said that during the, uh, the Silverhawks. Yeah, uh, episode. But I think the introduction of Counter Earth is enough of a game changer that we need to uh, go over the, the whole thing. Oh, I like this because <laughs> you were asking what we we're going to do if we had a series after '94, uh, and the answer is now we've got a second Earth to go from. <laughs> nice, nice. I wow, like because the Spider-Man the animated series Earth was still intact in '99. So I, then, I like, again, that we're confusing parallel dimensions and parallel physical space. Yeah. Yeah, that we now what, have. What do, we, what, what do you mean? Because, well, 
because this is counter Earth. This isn't like an alternate uh, reality. So whatever calamity right. wound up affecting Earth, whereas it would not have been as a severe effect, would have still had some sort of an effect on uh, counter Earth because it would still have been like a planetoid going through the center of our solar system. Well, it also means that every future show has to fit. We have to define is it an Earth or counter Earth show. Yeah. And and then the the bizarre future history of Counter Earth I fear for. <laughs> well, I would say that Counter Earth is the one that was destroyed. <gasps> oh, you think so? Okay. Oh, Thundar's okay. on Counter Earth. Yes, interesting. Our whole timeline is Counter Earth. <laughs> did we just clone saga ourselves? Wow, <laughs> I think we did. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, David. Oh God. Oh, I am in love with you. So so this entire so <laughs> I just I'm just picturing like this festering, horrific, like asshole of a planet that's just sort of like repeatedly dying on the opposite side of the sun of us, like right now, just sort of like revolving around. While like everything on regular Earth is perfectly fine, everybody's fine. Nobody, nobody even really noticed that planetoid passing between counter Earth Moon and counter Earth. Uh, well, a- according to like physics, it's totally possible that counter Earth exists. I don't know. If, I don't know if like I'll bet they could probably say they would be able to detect it. Well, yeah, uh, with uh, modern with modern physics calculations. Yeah. But for a long well, time, it was with all the Helios feasible. missions where they they're sending satellites into the sun, they would have definitely spotted it. Yeah. So. Oh, it's even like uh, the gravitational pull would right yeah, would distort yeah. the orbit of the sun. Well, not the sun, but the other planets. Yeah, there you go. Or we've started the solar system and never known that counting where Earth is air there, and so our calculations are all off by the weight of one counter Earth. You know, if you talk to the, those people, they say some of these calculations don't quite add up, and we don't know where the missing mass is. Yeah, that's right. That's why the Earth is flat. <laughs> They're flat counter-Earthers. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. They're worse than humans. <laughs> My question is, I can understand going back to free Eddie Brock. Cassidy is supposed to be a psychotic serial killer. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, because like, yeah, Cassidy was a serial killer before he came in contact with the symbiote. And that's one of the reasons why Carnage was formed was because it was a psychotic symbiote and a psychotic human combined together to make the ultimate psychopath. So I thought that would make one nice guy. <laughs> so, so that's the math. It's the human and the counter symbiote, the, the psychopath and the counter psychopath coming together. Yeah. To make a normal path. Yeah. He's just one one regular guy. Yeah, that's just really, really into ASMR. I, but if you put two regular guys together, oh no! Oops, all assholes. <laughs> <laughs> Symbiotic form is just buttholes, just puckered all over them. Now, you, now you have me thinking about venom ASMR. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh god! Too much slobber for my he, taste. Yeah, he just hisses all the time. No, I mean. I mean him listening to ASMR. (laughs) (laughs) To, like, chill out. Just slowly jerking it. I love unboxing videos. (laughs) 
Yeah, so uh, Counter-Earth, One Universe Theory. Well, this is really good because I actually did not have a One Universe Theory at all this week. I think I David is. I was. Is I one. was. I was just going to shoot from the hip, but I think that this. I think this is. Uh, this is good. I like this. I agree. Um, it's just the kind of a disgusting twist that happens to a comic book when it runs out of ideas <laughs> that we need. <laughs> that we thrive on. We, we've written ourselves into a corner. Right. <laughs> so now we're just going to lazily write ourselves out of it. So what happens when it, when a series runs out of ideas, which we have at episode eighteen? <laughs> um, Wait, you... is this episode eighteen? No, this is episode like fourteen. I think yeah, I think it's thirteen. I can't remember. Um, Thir- that's thirteen. Cool. Yep, that's 13. why I wrote it at okay. the top of my notes here, and it says thirteen. Nice. So, Derek, do you want to keep this show on the list? No, not really. <laughs> You're going to vote it out. Explain, I didn't, explain your reasonings. Yeah. This is based, so, based right. off of the summary we just had and talked about in depth. Explain your reasons. Yeah, and the <laughs> love you expressed. <laughs> no, so when we watched this one, I assumed that this was going to be the same Spider Man that I watched as a kid. It was absolutely <laughs> no. not the same Spider Man I watched as a kid. <laughs> I I remember more of the one where he was in uh and I don't remember which one it was, but wasn't there one no, I'm thinking of Batman, where he was all like in the future, in like that's a Batman suit. Beyond, dude. Yeah. yeah. So there wasn't. I just remember the old school, mid '90s, like X Men, Spider Man, Marvel Universe, and then so this one starts out like all cool and shit, like with like ooh, like comic book shading and like little words and stuff. And the next thing I know, fucking Spider Man's running around in a goddamn spider cape, and I was like, what in the hell am I watching? So yeah. no, it's. There's no nostalgia factory or factor for me, and just like the other Spider-Man, like none of these really are. None of these have a charm that I just want to continue to to watch. It just. Bleh. All right, moving right along. All right, David, do Did, you want to keep it on the list? Uh, I think that as the last episode, this did a pretty good job of incorporating all of the previous episodes and doing a recap. So I don't think we can get anything more out of this series, and we have a whole bunch of other Spider-Man series on the list, so I would also vote it out. All right. Adam? So we did miss a few like key plot points, even in the recap, though. Going through and looking at the Wikipedia page, I saw that Spider-Man's nano suit is actually essentially technology that he quote-unquote borrowed from Reed Richards. Essentially, he actually stole the suit before going into this alternate universe. And he also gets into a, a huge fight with Nick Fury in the beginning. And Nick Fury, and that's like his whole reason Spoilers. to like come into this alternate universe is to rescue J.J. Because Nick Fury blames Spider-Man for it's sending J.J. to this alternate universe. universe. I'm sorry. Weird. The planet that's behind the sun. It's a counter-Earth. <laughs> Jesus. Counter-Earth that's located on the far side of the sun. Bullshit is that? Um, so uh, the, science the, fiction alternate planet shit. They go to Counter Earth, and Spider-Man gets blamed for the fact that uh, James Jameson, John, Jameson. John, John, Jameson. John, John Jameson, was um, 
abandoned on Counter Earth. So there's like there's actually like a series. Are you of plot voting lines. this on or off? Yeah, we, Jesus. We Adam. miss this entire <laughs> yeah. plot line. This entire series of Adam, plots. This this segment's here, so. gonna go at the uh, end of the episode. No, I just, know, I know. Are are you saying that you want to watch just the first episode? Yes, specifically? that's what I'm saying. That is what I'm saying. So I am voting it on. I Boom. second the vote on because this show oh, oh, is batshit crazy and we need more of it. See, that that's what I was going for, too. Like, <laughs> as we were watching this episode, it was like, what the fuck is going on? There's like yeah. five different plot lines. There are three different factions. If you don't include like the separate humans away from Spider-Man, like it's just it is crazy. It is insane. It I it's garbage, uh, in so many ways. But it is our garbage, and we deserve yeah. it. So essentially, okay. anytime I watch a show from here on out and go, "Wow, that sucked," I don't want to watch it again. I have to think about it from the perspective of Matt and Adam and go, <laughs> "Was that such dog shit that I want to watch it again just to see the insanity?" I always think no. more like, can we milk another fucking episode out of this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can, what what I would do is... Is there enough juice this, less than this lemon? I would compare this to like the most banal shows that we've watched so far. So like compare this to the first Spider-Man we've watched. There is so much shit going on in this compared to the first Spider-Man. Yeah, the first, the first Spider-Man, Spider-Man we watched boring, was very boring. Mm-hmm. But this is just like every three Spider-Man. seconds it's like, here's a new person, here's a new person, here's a new thing that's happening, this is a different faction here. And then... I don't know. Yeah, because it's it's the last episode, and they brought everyone back. But but going off of what I was saying about the earlier episodes, but they would have had like they would have had Reed Richards and Nick Fury in the first episode, right? That's true. For they, what twelve had... seconds? And I heard they kissed uh, on the original Earth. <laughs> I mean, I also like the fact that they went with the they did go with the Spider Man twenty ninety nine aesthetic for Counter Earth, and well for this entire show, really. But for Counter Earth, of course, costume for his so. suit, yeah, yeah. But they didn't do twenty ninety nine because Batman Beyond had already come out, and it was sort of uh, doing the same thing. Gotcha. Um, so they didn't want to copy it, basically. So we've got a deadlock. Uh, what do we do in the in the in the event of a tiebreaker, uh, David? Let's give you the episode Mike. a bit more time. See if Mike shows up, and then we can. Try, each try to yell at him to vote the way we want without him actually having watched the episode. <laughs> gotcha. Should we just text him and tell him to come on without even watching the episode? Just be like, hey, come no. on real quick. Just have to get him to start someone before, send him send him a text and be like, Mike, yes or no? Don't even tell him what it's about. Just be like, yes or no? Pick yeah. one right now. And then now. no matter what he says, it's clearly the wrong answer and yeah. we all have to berate him. <laughs> Okay, so 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 his vote does count the way he casts it, but it's but we're just going to complain about it. Yeah, right? okay. but he's yeah. wrong. Tell him he's wrong. Yeah, absolutely. All of and, us. <laughs> right? Yeah. No. No matter if we win or lose, we got to be like, "Are you serious? You want to like, keep what this fuck? episode?" <laughs> Mike. All right, Derek. Would you uh, would you let your kids watch this episode or watch this cartoon? I did. I you know I really didn't have. I I was not a fan of it. Uh, I. Now you guys are making me rethink whether or not I was a fan of it because now I'm, I'm I'm judging it purely based on whether I liked it and I was like ah eh, this was okay but you're right the last Spider-Man was really dull and this one was just constant insanity 
I, I, I kind of now I'm kind of like, yeah, I kind of want to see more. You know, <laughs> that's like right. it's it's shit, but it's just like it's it's like Borderlands. None of it makes sense, and it's just over the top. The the weird thing is, it is all in canon for Spider Man. Is it really? Oh God, yeah. <laughs> uh, let's move on to our next segment. Wait, Matt, do you want to say whether or not your kids can watch this or not? Just so we have it a little bit more. Oh yeah, we'll put together. Uh, I would probably let my darling daughter watch this. It doesn't yes. seem to have like a a particularly bad mess message, um, and there's good there's good strong female characters if there aren't that many of them. Science is bad though. It's, it's... she. I mean, she's she's got to learn sometime. The science is bad, or that... they portray science as bad. They're saying it, there's it... a sound wave that can that only affects human minds. Yes. Yeah, it's the brown it's the note. Brown note. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They talked about that one in South Park. They found it one time, and everybody shit. I'm willing to believe that there is a sound wave that would make all our brains explode, uh, but I would also probably guess that it would make everyone's brains explode. Yes, right, and not- mostly destroy the Earth. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, that that sound wave would not discriminate. Right. That, that, just, that's what that's what I mean. Pop pop skulls. David, what is our next segment? All right, let's uh let's do our future episode spin. Yeah. Big money Ooh. no whammies. Wow. This may be hard in the beginning. All right. What are we gonna watch here, David? Yeah, what do we got? So I've done some tweaking to the uh list. Uh oh. Like I've taken all of the ones we voted off uh, out of the list. Wait, that's, how come the good. entire ep- how come the entire list is now just Smurfs? <laughs> Smurfs, Smurfs, Smurfs. Oh boy! I, I guess the Smurfs traveled back in time and created an all Smurf world. Oh uh, wait, wait, there, there's one snorkel there. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, well, we, we we've had our um, other role for who's going to host uh, with this. Uh, crazy waiting system that makes it all convoluted. So I decided we should probably do that with episodes too. Well, I feel like <laughs> I feel like we are we, we're being manipulated behind the scenes. Blind we getting numbers. pushed into watch here. What is this random so, index? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Okay. It, it, it's a formula. Sure. <laughs> All right, so hold on here. What what has the... So the index I've rolled is 141. 141. Okay. So 141 doesn't... Find that one or the next highest one. 142. 142. He-Man. 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 <laughs> this oh, is a okay. very suspicious system. Damn yes, it, it is. <laughs> this system... Seems dubious at best. Yeah, right? Okay. Oh, Wait. 141, guys. Oh, uh, that one doesn't exist. Well, the next highest then. <laughs> oh, well, you know what you need to do? You need to add 16 and then divide by 32. Look, it's 8, He-Man. <laughs> eight, uh, add the number of letters in your name. <laughs> before we have to roll out who's going to be doing the episode before we can add the letters in the name. Right. It's a paradoxical equation. So. No, no, we each have to do it, but it all comes always comes out to the same number somehow. Yeah, oh. and it's yeah. the uh, 
It's the alphanumeric for D A V I D. At any rate, fucking He Man. I'm excited. Nice. He Man. Okay. What was the episode number on it? 44. Episode 44. Oh. Man, He Man had a long, a long run in the grand scheme of cartoons. 83 to 85. Episode 44 Return of Evil. All right. Picking, picking the person. Picking the person. The role has come up me again. Oh, (laughs) I called it again. Very suspicious. Everyone is suspicious about this. (laughs) Uh, I mean, you have been talking about how much you've wanted to do He-Man for a while, so all of this is very suspicious. (laughs) I might. I mean. As the controller of the spreadsheet, you could have been like, hey, guys, the next episode is going to be He-Man, and I'm going to do it. Questions? And we would have went, no. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, I feel like this role is rigged. Do you want to do some sort of veto system? I think we need to put the camera on the dice. Uh Just just point it down like Uh, we're in Vegas. I've got a lot of questions. (laughs) got a lot of questions. And uh, if you um, are interested in my theories... Get the app parlor and meet me in uh, DC <laughs> December sixth. Just tell tell Mike that he drew rude dog and dweebs. All right. Well, I guess Good. congratulations, David. Yeah. yeah, David. On your unearned victory. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to reviewing He Man. Cheating. It's going to be great because now I get to tell my He Man story. So oh, I'm excited. Does it involve Dolph? No, and it's not as good as my dead horse story, which I do need to get into at some point in time. Nothing like cutting into a dead horse. Something like that. (laughs) All right, guys, what is... We covered a lot of the in segment. Is there anything else to cover? Well, I think we're going to have to uh, declare that uh, this stays off the list. Because... uh, Mm-hmm. De- Derek has left, so it's now two to one. <laughs> also, Derek seemed to change his vote there at the end. Yeah, mm-hmm. he, he, it does seem like he was leaning a little bit more towards leaving it on at that point. Mm-hmm. So, it, and it, besides, it's not like we can't move on to the other Spidermans. Well, we're going to move on to the other Spidermans. Yeah, it's not well, like yeah. we're not not going to see those. You think the Counter Earth has a reverse Coriolis effect? Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's obviously yeah. spinning the opposite direction. In Counter Earth, Southern Hemisphere is best hemisphere. In Counter Earth, Hemisphere's you. <laughs> That's so dumb. I shouldn't be laughing. At it. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. I like the idea though that also on Counter Earth, every it's not that everyone's evil. They're just a little bit more evil than you. It's it's not that it's like an entirely different Earth. It's that everything's just sort of slightly to the left a few inches. <laughs> it's like it's like the entire Earth was eaten by Molecular Man, and he <laughs> shrunk the cockpit by eight <laughs> percent. I, I really feel like anybody that listens to these episodes knows exactly when our show schedule comes out because we just listen. To the show that just came out, <laughs> so we're talking about it in the show that we're recording. 
yes, we, we, we're like we're sort of funerary in that we mine our own past. Yeah, <laughs> funerary. <laughs> this isn't this isn't a, a podcast. It's just like a really prolonged and bizarre eulogy. We do have a lot of rituals. That we do. That's fine. I like rituals. Should, should we talk about like what superpower you would have if you could have any superpower when we're talking about superpower? No, let's not do a Marin Open now. No? Okay. <laughs> let's, let's actually end before midnight. <laughs> See... Everybody can do a Marin open. What I'm saying is, we mm. do a Marin close. Damn. <laughs> Ballsy, well, a Marin I'm, close. I'm sure Marin has his own type of closing, so I'm sure that's probably a thing. No, he knows no still. one wants to live his, listens to his whiny bullshit at the end of the show. No one wants that. <laughs> let's, let's sign out. For Amazingly Terrible... I have been Matt, the second host. I'm David, this episode's primary host. And second, amazingly terrible, I'm four host, Adam. <laughs> and we've ensured that Derek's outro will not match any of this. Oh, shoot, yeah. What, what did Derek say? Uh, all right, you put me on the spot. Shit. For amazingly terrible, Derek has been Mike. <laughs> Not that bad. Amazingly, Michael, <laughs> Derek has been terrible. For amazingly terrible, I did watch this episode. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Derek. <laughs> amazingly terrible is produced by David Marks. Send your emails to monotonously terrific at amazinglyterrible.com. Music by Josh Woodward. What about our star-making quality? Between your comic book knowledge, my Star Trek knowledge, and Derek's engineering knowledge, we can do... Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs>